welcome to Modern Anarchy, the podcast featuring real conversations with conscious objectors to the status quo. I'm your host, Nicole. On today's episode, we have Queen Trashley and Taysley from the equality-demanding, pussy-popping, dildo-riding, Nazi-punching rap duo called Glitter Money. And if that alone and this title of this episode isn't enough to pull you in, then you know what? Maybe you're a boring person. I, I, what do I know? But (laughs) if you're here, I promise you there are a lot of fun stories inside this episode and just a lot of laughs from this badass dynamic duo that is Glitter Money. So tune in. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker. You'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Yay. Okay, sounds good. All right. All right. All right. Well, welcome to Modern Anarchy. It's great to have both of y'all. Yes. Oh my God. It's great to be here. Yeah, we're so excited. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. So... I have seen y'all perform. I love your work. Love your music. Oh, my but God. Yeah, I've danced with y'all. We've had a lot of good times. Yes. <laughs> but for people who haven't heard you before, how would you describe your music? Who are you? Yeah. Work Glitter Money. Mm-hmm. Our name with three Ys. Mm-hmm. Our music is like in the world, apocalyptic, sex party, revolution music. Yes. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> I mean, cause I, I, the people who have never heard it, I think my favorite line out of all your music was, I don't need you. I have a suction cup dildo. Yeah. Yeah. So, yes. Yeah. For a listener, what is your music? Yeah. It's very, very pro-sex, very, very pro-ho, mm-hmm. very, very femme very anti-patriarchy incredibly queer yeah and then yeah so take all that and then put missy elliott and run the jewels together (laughs) and you got it that's us Mm -hmm. yes y'all are a party in life i can't wait (laughs) to have you come back to the city Uh, yes yeah i cannot wait to get back there i have to say too i think i've seen you twice so the first time i think i was afraid of you (laughs) I mean I I don't know I was new to the city coming out of college and I go with some friends and I'm sitting at this random show to which they're like oh there's this band I really love like come watch them with me but I remember coming to this show when I was sitting in a you know at one of the tables like way in the back because I don't know what is happening here. I don't know what these people are singing about. They are, you know, screaming about their clits. Like, whoa. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, that's accurate. (laughs) So I think it's really cool now that, you know, once I've had more time to change as a person and develop and start to become myself, I resonate so much more with your music. And the second time I saw you really danced and enjoyed it. But like, it's kind of scary at first. Oh, my God. That's so funny. Wow. No one has said that. 
to us yet. But yeah, I, I don't a think lot so. of people feel that way. Oh, good. Yeah. Yes, they should. Yes, yeah. they should. <laughs> Tell me about it. Why do you want them to feel that way? I think I, I think that's part of the message is like ownership, right? Yeah. And so yeah. like, yeah, I want to hear what do you want people to get out of your music? I, I think know. that it should kind of like, if you've never seen us before and see us live, <laughs> I think it should shock you because mm-hmm. you've never seen anyone own anything how we own the stage. Yes. So it's just shocking to see these people that are us like, and- out here loving ourselves, loving yes. our bodies, saying uh-huh. what we want to say. It should shock you out of your comfort zone and, and then it should immediately radicalize you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Our music is very radical and I think we say a lot of shit that most people, number one, don't talk about at all. Mm-hmm. And then if they do talk about it, they don't talk about it like in a this. way, in a proud way, I feel like. I feel mm-hmm. like it's we talk about things that might be considered like shameful to other people sometimes. Mm-hmm. And here we are telling you no shame. Yeah. yeah. For someone who hasn't heard your music, I mean, we could cue that and we go listen now, but for someone who's listening right now, doesn't know what your songs are about, could you give them more like context? Um, all shit, all short, all <laughs> sorts of shit. <laughs> so yeah. many. Things. Um, sometimes we rap about our pussies <laughs> and how much we love them. Yeah. Sometimes mm. we rap about police brutality mm. and crooked politicians like Rahm Emanuel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we rap about sex and crooked politicians at the same and, damn time. At the same, same time. time. Uh-huh. Yes. Uh-huh. yes. Yeah. Drug abuse. Depression, depression, anxiety, <laughs> being fucking pissed. Yeah, the whole song about being pissed off. Society yes. standards for what a woman's supposed to be. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Not I mean, eating men. People have lines that they like really love that we could mention. Like, yeah, tell me. Okay, well, we have a whole song about not wanting to be on top during sex. Amazing. And we've had people come up to it, like couples come up to us and be like, she never wants to get on top. And she looked at me during this song and was like, see, see, this is our new theme song. And we were like, yeah. hell yeah, that's awesome. That's so funny. It's like literally a song about being lazy. <laughs> right. <laughs> But, but also yeah. saying what you're comfortable with in sexual situations. Yeah. Communication's key. Exactly. And I mean, it's a very normal experience. And I think that's what you're tapping into, how normal it is to feel that way. And maybe someone's never heard anyone else even talk about feeling that way. Exactly. Because I definitely had not. No, me neither. (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. I was like, yo, does everyone low-key hate being on top because that's a lot of work exactly it turns out everyone does yeah (laughs) but no one wants to say that I feel like you just don't get as much pleasure on top too maybe yeah yeah it depends I like that's how I felt when we wrote the song I definitely had never had a pleasurable experience on top but then I started having sex at this place that had a window seal right behind bed Mm -hmm. so I could like hoist Okay, wait, wait, wait. So did you just unlock a secret on how to have good <laughs> top sex? Yes. Okay. You need tell- something to hoist. Yeah, tell the listeners. Something to hold on to. Mm, from and the front? I could put a drink there. Uh-huh, from yeah. the front. It's, yeah. it's way better in a chair. A too. chair, chair, sofa, all that's much easier. Mm. But I could have my drink and a blunt on the windowsill. Like, I just have, like, my own little place. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> to my set shit everything up. And to hoist my body upon yes. this dick. And, yeah, yes. it was very pleasurable. 
Hell it changed yeah. everything. All right. So you're writing a new song? No. <laughs> Directed. I don't want anyone to get the wrong idea. It has to be the right, the right bed situation, you know? Yeah. How did you start doing this music? I mean, where did this even come from? I guess it just came from what we talk about, what we think about, mm-hmm. just pushing each other farther. I think kind of like what you said as when I was younger, I did not think or talk about sex in this way. Tell and it's been like it. a growing experience for me too. Yeah. And especially to then go from like, this is something me and my best friend talk about to like, now we're on stage and we're rapping about it. It's yeah. been so freeing and empowering and everyone should get on stage and talk about their pussy. Like, Yes. Can I hear more about your background? What was your upbringing? Yeah, I was actually brought up super Catholic. I went, to, <laughs> I went to Catholic school like my whole life, pretty much. Yes. There was yes. a moment where I thought I was going to be a nun in Which my is... life. Whoa. Okay. Here we go. A lot to talk about now. <laughs> Tell me. The book is out. What was that like? I don't know. I just was very religious and felt very called to Christ and was mm. like, be a oh nun. Oh my God. Yeah, it was very religious. We like never talk about the you wanting to be a nun part. Yeah. Every well, time you bring it up, I just laugh hysterically because I'm like, I don't even know. <laughs> like that's the craziest shit I've ever heard in my life. Yeah. This ruthless ass bitch wants to be a nun. Yeah, I mean, I was an altar server. Like, I went to church like twice a week because my mom was in the choir. I was in the choir. So we'd just wow. go back to back church. Wow. And I don't know. And then I have slowly rolled out of all of those beliefs <laughs> yes. and um here I am I don't know yeah if you're okay with me probing a little bit further yeah. also from a Christian background so how did you get out of that because this wasn't just something that you were raised in this was you were about to be a nun I mean this is a pretty big identity piece how did you transition? um the nun thing was when I was very young like probably like elementary school. Oh, is when it was like, I want to grow up and be a nun. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Um, and then, you know, you get older and there was no way I could be a nun. Like, I didn't want to be an, I wanted to be a performer. I wanted to do mm. theater. And probably theater is what really uh, <laughs> helped bring me out of that. I feel like people in the arts and theater are so free and talk openly about mm-hmm. sex and just talk openly about everything moving to a city probably (laughs) helped out with that. Well, when you went to college, where were you in your like spiritual journey? Like when you first got to college? So the first year of college, I went to Bible study every week. What? I went went on a Christian retreat with people in college. (laughs) Wow. That first house I lived in, that was from a girl I met doing Bible study. What? Yeah. You went to Bible study in college? Yeah, my mind is blown. I did and too. I feel yes. <laughs> but that was that first year was it. And I remember being feeling guilty mm. at the time because I would be like with my Christian friends and they didn't curse and they didn't do yeah. this and they didn't do that. And I would I was like, oh my God, but I curse all the time. Like I say bad words, like just feeling guilty about that. And yeah. I don't know. Damn. So then did the guilt pull you away from it? Um, no, the sex and drugs did. <laughs> I mean, that's an honest answer, right? I mean, I, yeah, there was, I think I stopped going to church because I'd get too drunk on Saturday nights and I just exactly. didn't want right. to wake up. Like I just a didn't. Big part of it. Like, I don't want to be, 
I literally be sitting in church going from drunk to hang, hang over like yeah. during the service. Right. I think churches can keep more people if they move their church like meeting time to the afternoon on Sundays. Could like not agree more. would keep going. Yeah. Could not agree more. And then what? You're in class every day and then you have to go to church on Sunday. Right. Yeah, That's definitely. one of the weekend days. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, yes. So it was yeah, so wow. I came into your life. I know it wasn't me. <laughs> it wasn't you. No, no, no. I just happened to meet you freshman year of college. <laughs> oh, so you met her when she was still religious. Yeah. But you would go to church too. Yeah. Oh, so you were religious as well. Yeah, I grew up in a church too. Okay, your turn. What's the backstory? <laughs> <laughs> how did you get here? I don't know how I got here, but yes, I went to church every Sunday until until college. Mm. And I was in choir. I was on praise teams. Like I danced during church services for like five oh. or six years. And, but like, I don't know. I, the whole time I was still very, I've, there's something about me that's mm. been yes. present in me since birth. Yeah. yeah. Um, so the devil, the devil, <laughs> the devil is in you. It's yes. the devil. So I was doing all those things, but I was also still very, very much myself. Mm. But like very much like this is cool, but like one day I'm gonna grow up and leave this place and move to Manhattan and have sex and do drugs and have fun and be an artist. Wow. So. I I never I never didn't consider that <laughs> to not happen. How can I rephrase that? Mm. I always knew my life was going to be a wild crazy shit show. Really? I always knew I'd grow up to be an artist and would just live a life judgment free because I'm an artist. I have to experience the world. How else am wow. I going to make art? How did you come into that identity of being an artist? That's a big term. Oh, yeah. I think I've I felt that way as long as I can remember. I think one of the first times I can remember feeling those kind of thoughts. I was like in kindergarten maybe and like saw a video of like Whitney Houston performing. And I was like, yep, that's, that's going to be me. Like I'm going to be an artist and have a crazy life. Like, yeah. Um, I I know. Memory of kindergarten. I just have flashbacks. It's because like (laughs) we moved houses a bunch. So I can like remember like, oh, that was in this house. That was in this house. Because mm. kindergarten, I, I lived in Alabama, which was a whole, that's a whole thing. I want to hear about the thing. <laughs> it's crazy because like, I don't really feel like I'm from Alabama, but yeah, but I kind of am from Alabama. So I lived in Alabama until fifth grade. Then mm. I moved to Florida. So when people ask, I say I'm from Florida, but I had a whole lot of Alabama going on. Mm. Yeah. And even being in Alabama and being in such such a conservative environment I knew like this is all this is cute this is fun but like one day I will leave this and I will never look back (laughs) wow I mean I don't think I knew people partied and had wild sex as a kid well I I wasn't either party wild sex you were just like artists I was just thinking artists like I I get to like be Picasso I get to be like wow just off the walls going against mainstream culture, living like an underground life. Mm. Like it just always seemed like that's, that's what was coming. I mean, that's which is interesting yeah. because I was also just like a good student with great grades. <laughs> like, class I was class president for three years in wow. high school. <laughs> 
Okay. I mean, that's a level of confidence that is really, really strong. It is. I mean, <laughs> that's like powerful. And self-awareness at a very young age, yeah. a lot of self-awareness. Yeah. I was a very introspective child. <laughs> Dang. But then you grow up and you realize, oh, I, I just had anxiety. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> yes. People with anxiety were always just wondering, how do I get better? Very introspective. What could I have done better here? How do I do this better? And then you realize uh-huh. like, all those thoughts on repeat, you're like, damn, that's a yeah. <laughs> Whoa. But, exactly. I mean, every philosopher must have had anxiety though. Let's mm-hmm. all that's all they're doing oh, all day is thinking yeah. about problems. <laughs> like had to. Had exactly, to. exactly. You both should listen to the episode that I released about spiritual trauma. If you were both mm. religious, have you looked yeah. into this stuff? It's nuts. No, but I feel spiritually traumatized. Yes. <laughs> so yes. I believe it. Yes. Like yeah. sometimes I'm like, the Catholic guilt is real. I feel it seeping in casually. And then I'm like, mm-hmm. these aren't my thoughts. These, these have, this is not me. This is something else. Yeah. yeah. Especially when it comes to sex, like something oh, yeah. that we're we're taught is not even supposed to be pleasurable for women something Mm. that's like will make a woman dirty unless it's to have children with her husband like right right so much unlearning had to be done I wanted to save myself till marriage. Bitch, I mean, you let me it one you point. with my purity. I had a purity ring. No. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh it's like checkmate. <laughs> oh my God. I I like that makes me like sick. Right? Now. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, what what? No way in hell. Only fuck one person forever. How yeah. terrible. Ew. Marry someone you've never fucked. Oh God. You know, and everyone would ask me when I was religious, like, oh, what if it doesn't work out? And you're like, well, you work on it together and we figure it out together. And I believe that. I know, right? (laughs) And so many people only get married then to fuck. Yep. Yeah. I want to ask both of y'all, what sort of messages then did you get about sex with your childhood? I would imagine that Catholicism kind of played into that for both of you. Yeah. It was just like a dirty thing that you didn't talk about. Mm. And if any, if you did sex, you were a sinner. And if any bad things happened from the sex, it was all your fault. Mm. Like, oh, you got pregnant, your fault. Oh, you're going to get HIV immediately if you have sex just once and it's all going to be your fault. (laughs) Just just don't do it. But only because we are girls. We were little girls being taught this. Little boys at church weren't being taught these things at all. Not at all. Yeah. I will say I got lucky in that my mom is really open-minded. So Mm -hmm. it wasn't, we like, she's talked, she would talk to me about sex and she said like, you know, if you do use a condom and just be responsible, but I prefer if you didn't like that kind of stuff, but it was like, if you get pregnant, you're having that baby. Oh my God. Mm. She's very anti-abortion. Yeah. Which I I was too back then, but I also wasn't having sex. You're also a child. (laughs) And I was a child. (laughs) Yeah. I was also anti-choice as well. So, I mean, yeah, it's very interesting, I think, to have held those views at one point and recognize how much growth you've made over that time. It's just insane. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, so I- much of it when you're young is you're just doing what you're told and what yep. you're yes. just regurgitating what you've been taught. Right. But I think what scares me is the people then who never stop. 
exactly that. they just stay there yep yeah what do we do to those people how do we I mean and I think that's part of what I hope to do with this show right let's bring on a bunch of different perspectives let's learn about different ideas how did you get out of this someone who maybe still is in Catholicism feeling this way might hear you and realize wow I could be that artist that goes to Manhattan or I could be that person you know out here living their life and so yeah Yeah. that's why y'all are here (laughs) well I amazing but where does God say that you can't fuck multiple people galatians <laughs> <laughs> i love if you actually had a verse you're like galatians 3 verse four. <laughs> i love galatians great chapter it's so funny um, yeah i mean that yeah. book leaving the fold it's a really good book that talks about the n- manipulation of religion yeah mm. uh, i mean they do, they're manipulating pregnancy and then keeping people poor (laughs) and taking money from people going to church. They're not teaching anyone about sex condoms. You get pregnant, you you can't have an abortion. Like they're just, it's like you have no options. These things drive me nuts that we're trying to control people's bodies, but (sighs) yeah. I mean, I think that's part of what your music is coming up against, right? Definitely. Because I could talk forever about how unfortunate it is that we are still fighting these battles to have these rights and all of that. But like, let's talk about something positive. Let's talk about something upbeat. And it's your music. So (laughs) to go up on stage and be like that and to move your body and feel the rhythm and just be singing these lyrics. They're so powerful. Yeah. There's another one people talk about a lot. (laughs) Oh, what is it? It's. Oh, I took my own virginity. My hand fucks better than your D. Yeah. Because virginity is a lie. Yeah. Is there a story about that? You said that really harshly. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, what's the backstory? (laughs) I think the backstory is just, holy shit, I let society convince me that virginity was like this real thing. Yeah. (laughs) And then I got older and wiser and was like, Oh, that's literally just a mechanism used by the patriarchy to control us. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. oh, oh, wow. Like, how amazing is that? All no right. one can yeah. take my virginity. Like, what? what is that? Like, yeah, that's not sure. even a thing. For sure. And it was so drilled in our heads. Like, got to preserve your virginity. Got to be a good girl. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And meanwhile, boys are not hearing any of that. Nope. And then a boy takes a girl's virginity and it pat on the back. Good job. Exactly. Meanwhile, we're out here actually thinking we need like fucking chastity belts. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so sad. Did you ever believe that then when you were younger and you were religious? I remember signing a purity <laughs> pledge at a Christian <laughs> summer camp once. Uh, yeah, and okay. I was signing it, and I was like, "This is a bullshit." I wish you could remember <laughs> the play. Me too. Like, did you have to we recite up? it? Yeah, oh my it god, recite it. it, and I was just like, "This is fucking dumb." Wow. Like, I was in like seventh grade or something, and I was just like, "You really think that we're in here talking about what we're gonna do with our vaginas?" Like, yeah. <laughs> this was it, not. It, like, what that is, is this? so weird. So fucking weird. And then yeah. I didn't do this part, but like. Usually a lot of churches do like, uh, you do the purity thing, you have mm-hmm. a class about it and then it ends, it culminates in the daddy daughter dance. Oh and my God. You Ew. promise to your father Fuck. that you're going to stay here. Yeah. Ew, that's like turning my stomach. And then sometimes they have the dads put on the fucking purity ring. Gross. How? 
and why and what? I don't know. Oh, yeah. You know what's troubling is that like a Christian me probably wouldn't have seen any problem with that. Mm-hmm. I would have just like, yeah, my dad, because I'm thinking about like the concept of your father giving you a way at your wedding. Like exactly. That same sort of concept where like awesome. they have, but wow, sitting on the other side of thinking about this, like that's literally patriarchy at its finest. Yeah. Like, oh, the man's going to say, here's your virginity and purity. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll let you know when you can give it away. Like, right? What? Like literally what the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. Not great. Not great. When you lost your virginity, what camp are you in? Were you religious camp or? Oh God, no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. I thought it was just so funny that by high school, I was like, this is just so funny that you guys yeah. are like for real out here promising your virginity to your fathers. <laughs> like, what yeah. is this? I like, what? Why do you want to know too, as a parent? Right? Like, that, what? Like, this per like, yes, go uh, fuck my daughter. Yeah. Here's this ring. Like, that's so weird. Right. And my mom. Everything about it's weird. Yeah. But like, and, and I think my mom was always like, if you want to wear white at your wedding, you mm-hmm. have to be pure. Otherwise you'll yeah. wear cream. And that means something. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like what? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's hard though when you're growing up and everyone around you is doing the same thing. Exactly. It's and really they, hard. Yeah. And they put, I mean, I was put in Christian school. So then, yeah, everyone's doing the same thing. You look around, you're mm-hmm. like, okay, this is the brainwashing we're all following. So it gets so hard. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Like everyone's picking out their dresses for the daddy daughter dance. Yeah. Like <laughs> everyone's excited. Like it's normal. For sure. And you're lucky and you made it out by high school. Damn. Like I'm kind of yeah. jealous. Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know what happened to me. <laughs> I think maybe like I watched too much um like BET and MTV after mm. dark as a child. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I got radicalized by BET uncut. <laughs> That's <laughs> Just like a- pretty much played porn <laughs> music yes. videos. Wow. And uh I don't know, somewhere along the way I just got real real all of this is fake mm. about stuff. Yeah. Definitely. And what about you, Tay? Were you when you lost your virginity? Were you in camp? Uh, can I call you Camp Nun? And Camp Nun. Camp Nun. Yeah, that would be a good album title. Yeah, Camp Nun. Mm. Um, I was still a little religious, but not going to church, not going to Bible yeah. study. Like it was very much like maybe to the point where I was like, I'm spiritual. Mm. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, yeah, I cried when I lost my virginity for like an hour in the bathroom. Oh no. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. What what was it? Was it the shame? Um it was the fact that I had promised and my parents had bought oh. me the ring and I had been kind of in this space oh. where I was like that is what I'm giving my husband and I'm waiting. And especially when you wear the ring and then you do the whole purity dance to your friends be like, "Look at me." Oh, yeah. Um yeah, but like I wanted to have sex and then I did. And then I just went upstairs and it was like, it was actually looking back on it, extremely painful. I mean, like I was crying from the depths of my soul that I was no longer worthy as a human being because I yes. had sex. Like this wasn't just like, oh, I had sex. It was like, I'm worthless now. Like, yeah. you know, and it's, it's yeah. part of the problem of this whole thing. Exactly. Exactly. There's just so much of that ingrained into so many parts of sex. Because mm-hmm. hearing that reminds me of, stigma of STIs and how it's like oh you got that you are like 
you're disgusting, you're gross, you're dirty, yeah, you're exactly. subhuman. You know, and really, like, it's just a cold for your pussy. Exactly. <laughs> really? One in four, yeah. maybe more. Oh my God, yeah. <laughs> right, I actually have one of my close friends who, who is willing to come on the podcast to talk about their experience with HPV. And I was like, mm-hmm. hell yeah, let's open up a dialogue because this is the kind of stuff that you're Googling on Reddit and whether right. alone at night wondering like if you're gross and you're just like, uh-huh. like, let's get some yeah. voices out there and really feel the humanity of this and like realize we're not alone. Yeah, uh, that's so <laughs> accurate. Wondering if you're gross. Yeah. How terrible. <laughs> yeah, but like we all do it, right? I mean, growing up with Yahoo Answers, you know. Oh my God, <laughs> yes. Am I okay? Yeah. Does every other person have this like am I pregnant yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah, I mean I've had STIs before I've had chlamydia once yeah Yeah. just take a pill and then it goes but no one talks about that right Right. it's so weird but that's what they want I mean most of (laughs) yes uh most STIs are go away Mm -hmm. like and even herpes is under control like where you won't spread it with a pill if you take right. it. Mm-hmm. And HIV, well, first of all, they are now have maybe found a vaccine through the coronavirus vaccine. Which is crazy for what? HIV. Yeah. You really? haven't seen that? They, no. I mean, it's not like made yet, but whatever the coronavirus RNA thing, mRNA. It, it might work for HIV as wow. well. Wow. Um, yeah. Huge. And a bunch of other shit, which yeah. is nuts. You could take PrEP. And you don't even pass on HIV or you won't even get it. Yeah. And yet it can't be talked about. It can't be discussed. You're dirty. You're subhuman. Right. It's not right. (laughs) And what it's all all purity culture. It's all this problem around sex and Mm -hmm. stigma. And I mean, I, yeah. And Puritans are the original people that started America. We're just these super, yeah. super conservative people that left what England, because that wasn't conservative enough. Right. Like, uh, <laughs> yeah. That's how we got here. Like How oh, terrible. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, how do we dismantle it now? Mm-hmm. And that is why glitter money exists. Yeah. Literally. So yeah. Do you tell everyone about your music? Is this something that you kind of pick and choose who you disclose this to? Does your no, not at all. <laughs> no. Oh, tell me, tell me. Everyone knows exactly what we do. Yes? Yeah. Is even it- our parents. And? Even our parents' church friends. Ooh. Uh, and? Yeah. yeah, it's just, I don't know. Our parents <laughs> both our shit. Uh, Ash's parents made the cutest video doing the like oh, yeah. electric slide with our music video going in the background but they had it oh. on pause or on mute yeah so they wouldn't have to hear the curse words in sex talk <laughs> even though in the music video we're like naked your ass is out my whole ass is out <laughs> <laughs> we're wasted i'm blacked <laughs> out in a jacuzzi wow. <laughs> we didn't mean to black out but we have a history of mistakenly blacking out during and like videos. every music video shoot. Pretty much. Yeah. Like, how does it happen so often? Well, most of the time it's you. So you tell what? me, <laughs> bitch, woke ass bitch, you blacked out for like that whole shoot. Okay, well, <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> you came back was- in a Chipotle. I saw you come to me. <laughs> You woke back up in your head. It was terrifying. I seriously, yeah, that's that was a really bad blackout. But it's because we didn't ever use fake alcohol in that video. Yeah. And we filmed mm. the whole thing of us taking shots. And we kept taking and them. And 
Rodrigo was filming mm-hmm. and we filmed it once straight through and he said, oh no, and he hadn't filmed it. Right, he forgot <gasps> to hit play. Yeah. And or record. How and many shots had you taken? It had to have been like three. Four? Yeah. Yeah. A lot, a and lot. then we were like, gotta film it again. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And no one ever said maybe we should use water? No. <laughs> I mean, like, I don't think so. I think I you were just like, I think let's go. I got to a, no, I just, we after just three shots, three more won't hurt. I mean, and you're already so <laughs> fucked up. It's like, you don't even know to think like, maybe we should do water. It was also like 9 a.m. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> what a lovely time. So do mm-hmm. your, your parents just watched the video and didn't listen to the words? No, they'd heard it before, but they okay. decided they were going to make a video dancing to the electric slide, the song, just playing over the video. Mm, nice. Which is so preferred great. because I don't want my parents to just do the electric slide to me talking about my pussy. Like I, I think <laughs> yeah. I'm okay without that in my life. So sure. yeah. Have <laughs> they seen you cute. perform live? No. no, but not because of anything <laughs> except for we live really far away. Yeah. Mm. And we just haven't toured because our parents live in such ridiculous places. So mm. we just haven't toured there. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. That makes sense. So do they sing their, your songs? Like, are they fans? Like how are they jamming to these tunes in the car? Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think so. Yeah. Some, some more than others. Yeah. How does that feel to know your parents are singing your lyrics? I have to put it out of my head completely when I'm writing (laughs) and completely when I'm recording, like I have to just like pretend like that's not happening, Mm. but once it happens, it's, it's fine. not fine. Yeah. It's not that bad. <laughs> yeah. But suction cup dildo was not my favorite conversation piece at Christmas two um, years ago. I made my profile picture on Facebook at the time, me like kissing a dildo. And my mom oh, yeah. was so annoyed with me. She was like, does that have to be your profile picture? And I was like, yeah. I love it. And she was like, oh, come on. It's a political <laughs> statement, mom. Like, yeah. Kissing a dildo. <laughs> That's amazing. What was your uh, Christmas story, Ashley? My brothers, I have two older brothers, uh-huh. just kept bringing it up, suction cup dildo up over and over and over because they knew it annoyed me. And that's what brothers do. So, I mean, that's it. They just bought it up like every five minutes at uh, Christmas dinner with my grandmother. Lovely. <laughs> it's just terrible. Oh, no. Terrible. What did you my grandmother has heard most of our songs, but we rap so fast. I don't think she understands what's happening. Oh, yeah. I don't that's think my helpful. dad understands at all or cares. Yeah. Just don't get Very helpful. Yeah. <laughs> and then my mom asked my grandma if she knew what a dildo was and my grandma said no. So <gasps> so she said that one. <laughs> yeah. And my dad is from Iran and my cousin on his side lives in New York and we went and stayed with him and he was like I I played my girlfriend ha 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 like she was having a bad day and I played her your song so she loves you guys now I'm like Aww. I want to come see your show like he was born in Iran and I was just like (laughs) oh my god like you played your girlfriend one of our songs Mm -hmm. to make her feel better like that is so nice yeah right that's super sweet and I think y'all are probably 
I mean, I'm sure you know this, but changing people's connection to themselves. Music is such mm-hmm. a powerful medium that you hear it and you really, st- I don't, I don't think I have the pretty words to say this, but when you start to listen to music, there really is like a headspace you get into and kind of to flow with it and really enjoy it. And you guys have such a powerful message behind your work that I'm sure that resonates with so many people and really changes their lives. Oh my wow. God. I mean, so think about nice. it. So I mean, think about it. Your, your words, right. You're in the shower. This is my pump up for my day. You know, like I don't need mm. anybody. And like, that's a headspace that you have created in a medium through music. And that's beautiful. Yeah. yeah it's crazy. Thank you. I'm sure there's so many people that, you know, would want to say thank you for just being. And I know one of my friends, we were talking about both of you before the show, and they were talking about how influential you were when they first came to the city and saw both of you perform. And they sat there saying like, wow, this is the place I belong. Like, this is exactly what I believe in. And like, you guys probably don't even see the ripples of how much you've changed people's lives. Damn. Crazy. So nice of you to say wow (laughs) I'm like honored and touched yeah I I wonder like do you feel that on a day-to-day as leader I would call you activists and leaders in the movement for a different future of connection to ourselves. do you feel like an activist or like how do you feel you play a role in this I feel like an activist definitely but I don't feel (laughs) like every day I'm I don't recall that we have that role in people's lives. Yeah. <laughs> but sometimes I do and I'm like, whoa, we gotta keep doing this forever. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes when I meet new people and I tell them about glitter money for the first time, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh yeah, this is like a very specific <laughs> thing I'm telling you about. And yes. I don't know if you're into this. Mm-hmm. But your reaction will tell me everything I yeah, need to know about yeah. you. Yeah. What a what a good litmus test uh-huh. for new people. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I mean I think one of the important things when I bring people on the show is I do like to ask, you know, all these different leaders is when do you start to notice your effect and like dealing with the sense of imposter syndrome of what you're doing? I don't know if you have any thoughts on that of like what level of imposter syndrome you've gone through as you've come into your role and becoming the artist that you are today. I'd love to hear if you were. Yeah. Yeah. The mental health sides of things where you ever like anxious, nervous, something that a lot of people could relate to who equally want to become artists and follow a path similar to yours. Yeah. Um, Well, I think we're both full of depression. (laughs) (laughs) That's one way to put it. Yes. Just full of it. Dude. Remember at Bonnaroo back in the day, we would just like, we were like on Molly and we'd be like, oh my God, yes. like glitter money. Oh, that is crazy. I can't believe yes. that's happening. And like freak out. Freak out. Like, yeah. Oh my God. Oh my God. Really like early in glitter money. And then like a month would go by and then we'd freak out again. Mm, and yeah. that happened for like two years. Yeah. Oh my God. The yeah. first two years of being a band. Like, holy shit, oh my God. Like, I can't believe we get to do this. I can't believe people want to hear this. Yes. I can't believe we get to have this much fun. Like, what? It was wild. And we booked big shows before we even had songs written. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. How did you do that? (laughs) I don't know. People just thought we had songs written. Yeah. And then we were like, okay, we need to write the songs. songs. Gotta write them. Gotta write them right now. (laughs) You know, we only have three songs. Yeah. For a really long time, we only had three songs. Mm Mm-hmm. Then okay. five. Yeah. <laughs> then then it happened. Yeah. 
So how did you get to the confidence to even ask for those spots at shows then? Where is this coming from? Well, Whoa. we've both been performers for a really long time. Okay. I started acting in elementary school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I started in sixth grade. Yeah. And um, we both went to college for acting. Mm-hmm. And we so, both were doing performances outside of, of Glitter Money. Okay. Yeah. So we had plenty of like people we knew in the city mm-hmm. already. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We were both in comedy groups. Mm-hmm. We've both done the whole improv thing. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> do you not like improv what's the story there oh it's just like the theaters are horrible and... yeah but now they're all closing yeah so <laughs> hopefully whatever happens in improv like something beautiful is gonna rise in the ashes yeah I think so Sharna, the IO ashes yeah I know the ashes of second city collapsing yeah did it I mean, it's it's still open as opposed to IO which is closed forever but like it got sold to a private equity for- firm and um, they fired the entire night staff, oh. some of which have been working there since Second City began. Wow. Um, they got rid of a lot of producers and last week the president stepped down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the end of improv in the city yeah as we know it yeah but something better is definitely and also they got super called out for their Mm -hmm. blatant racism during the pandemic the part of you know pandemic season one when Mm -hmm. it was also toppling every organization yeah Yeah, they got called out and so people stepped down immediately when they got called out sexism like just the hostile workplace just Oh, so much shit. So much shit. All of which really needed to happen. Mm-hmm. So comedy in Chicago is going to look very different when things mm. open up again. And I hope it's going to be dope. Lots yeah. of people are making new theaters, which is great. Stepping Stone, that's going to be a great theater. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They right. exist now and they're trying to make mm-hmm. just a better, more inclusive place for people to wow. come and feel comfortable and safe and be able to like really test and develop their improv skills. Yeah. Um, and it's going to be beautiful. <laughs> it's going to be fucking beautiful. Yes. Yes. I will um, be on the lookout for that. <sighs> I don't know how to keep talking about that one, though. I feel like I have to segue to a new topic because otherwise we're going to talk about improv, which neither of us really do. <laughs> we're like, <laughs> we could talk um, about kinky stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah. What do you have to share? You have to say smiling. Yeah. I don't know. Let's, I like kinky stuff. Like yeah. what? <laughs> I like a lot of things. Tell us some of them. Yeah. Oh, okay. I guess you I brought guess. the subject. Up. I did. No, <laughs> and then I, I don't know. You know, it's like, like now the nun is coming out. <laughs> like when you you slide into someone's DMs and then they start talking freaky back and you're like, oh, <laughs> this is such a surprise. And I'm like, yes. you slid in the DMs. Like, oh my god. <laughs> Okay, um, I'm super into like having sex in public. Oh, I think that's super wow. Fun. Mm-hmm. Um, even stuff that I'm not that into. If I'm with someone who's super passionate about it, I might try it. All right. What's the most odd thing that you've tried? I feel like I already know what it is, but what is it going to be? I don't know. Is it going to be the sock thing? The mm-hmm. sock thing? Or foot fetish? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. I think that was probably one of the weirdest things. Because didn't he like, come in on your foot and then put your sock on uh-huh. and you have oh, to wear yeah. the comb all day yeah I think about that all Whoa. the time I think about that all <laughs> the other fucking time you know what's crazy <laughs> I don't think I don't think he would think that he had a foot fetish yeah isn't that weird like I think people are really weird about foot fetishes like mm-hmm. people are like that's gross 
honestly, it was great. He massaged my feet. He wanted to pay for my pedicures. Like amazing. He wanted to just rub my feet and masturbate. Like, oh my God. Yeah. That's great. great. (laughs) (laughs) I love the receiving end of a foot fetish. Apparently. Yeah. Any negative to this? I mean, wearing socks full of cum sounds like a pretty big negative to me. I mean, I was (laughs) like, Hey, that's the craziest shit I've ever heard in my (laughs) life at the time. Um, uh, (laughs) and you were just like, you know, I don't think it's that big of a deal. To like, wear cum all day? Yeah. Wouldn't they get crusty and like uncomfortable? Like, I guess so. I only worked half days at the time. <laughs> I only worked like five hours. So just enough time to wear cum in your socks. Yeah. But hey, I haven't tried it yet. I might be into it. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, the positive outweighed that one. Uh-huh. Yeah, that makes sense. All right, but that's someone else's. Do you have a foot fetish? Oh, <laughs> I'm I'm not into that. No, 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 like I'm not. I mean, I'm not gonna masturbate to your foot. No, that's weird. I'm mostly gonna like ignore your feet. Yeah, mm, <laughs> I yeah. don't like feet. Really? No. Hmm. Okay. Well, then, what are your fetishes? Yeah. Oh what I mean, you open the know? you open the door. You open the door. You're like, let's talk about kinky shit. <laughs> I I know, but I've already shared so much. <laughs> oh my god, you literally started this. Okay. Um. Yeah. Well, you also like to be handcuffed. Yeah. <laughs> okay. If you're what looking you for like? things, if you're looking for things, <laughs> I think my. Oh, I'm I'm into role playing. Oh yeah. Ooh, okay. Yeah. I'm into role playing. Yeah. I think role playing is so fun. <laughs> I think we're just actors. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That could be it. Yeah. Oh my God. One time role I did just scandal improv. role play. Yeah. Ooh, oh my God. That's so fun. Yeah. I was mm. Olivia Pope. Oh, that's hot. <laughs> it was pretty hot. It was pretty hot because, like, I love scandal. Okay. But role playing, <laughs> like, maybe it's because I'm not an actress and, like, I really don't like acting, but, like, it feels kind of cringy. Yeah, really? Yeah, to me. I don't know, like the same kind of way that improv feels cringy at times. Like that's how I feel about role player. Like I've had friends try to invite me to play D&D and like, oh yeah, that's a whole role play game too. And I just get yeah. so like, I love board games, but that's like the role play makes me a little. No, I cannot watch people play D&D. Like, <laughs> it's intense, right? <laughs> like, on, guys. Like it is, what? It is so intense. <laughs> I don't know how people do it. It's so many of my friends play it. <laughs> I know like, you die and what? like bless their hearts you know yes. but like when I came over there I was cool but then the accents came out and we yeah. really got in and I was like I am in over my head this is and then the professional drawings they get done of their characters yeah their like, whoa <laughs> yeah but like so how did you get into so yeah then you might enjoy role playing just because that's already something that you're comfortable with yeah, and you're you can only for me you have to be really high. Mm. Oh, tell me <laughs> about that. Okay, so I mean, you just have to be really high to pretend like you're Olivia Pope getting fucked in the president's private quarters. Like that's the, yeah. you have to be really fucking high for that. You know the way that you say that that makes me somehow think it's possible now. Like I've never tried yeah. super high level to like see. Yeah, because you got to just be like on that kind of goofy level, like, okay, we're really going to do this. It's going to be dumb, but like turn us on a hair more. Let's go. Mm-hmm. For sure. And yeah. You have a very receptive partner. Yeah, definitely. Definitely not a one night stand kind of situation. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Both fun. Yeah. I love Olivia Pope. 
I dated someone who like cheated on me mm-hmm. and I tried to sleep with them afterward and I could only do it role-playing because I was mm-hmm. so like sad about the cheating. So would you both role-play or only yeah. you? We would both role-play. Oh, okay. <laughs> and it only happened like a few times because like that ended very shortly after all that. Thank God. But yeah. like I couldn't have sex not role-playing because I was so like emotionally hurt Mm -hmm. so you kind of use it as a way to disassociate yeah fun (laughs) so fun (laughs) well I mean I was still horny exactly you gotta (laughs) get your needs met somehow yeah I feel you sometimes I will be in the midst of things and I'm like well this is stale and (laughs) I start making my fucking like shopping list for <laughs> jewel the next day yeah. and then i'm like oh i'll just make sure someone completely different <laughs> literally and I, it's better oh i feel God. bad to do that i'm just like i i no longer feel bad about it <laughs> how did you get to that space i want to hear what are the steps to get there well it just depends if i'm having sex with a cisgendered man i don't feel bad they should just yes. be happy that i'm yeah like, yes tolerating their presence in my life nevertheless my body yeah Um, but that's because I hate men um so for that it's like they don't deserve they don't even deserve me like actually seeing them right now I'm not seeing into your soul I'm riding you like a pole and pretending you're a completely different person spaghetti I'm (laughs) I'm maybe pretending you're literally a machine so yeah so no no need to feel bad yeah, as long as there's consent, then do whatever the hell you want at that point. Exactly. You know, right? Exactly. And, and it's amazing to me that I men have been talking from this perspective and making music from this perspective for years. Yeah. And like no one gets an uproar about them saying that they're having, you know, casual sex, but a mm. yeah. <laughs> Fucking someone in an interview once called us raunchy. And we were like, what do you mean? And I literally <laughs> said, would you call ludicrous raunchy? And they were like, no. Really? They, they like, said that? Yeah. Yeah. Who they were them? like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> we were like, how about Missy Elliott? They were like, no. And we were like, well, what's raunchy about us? They were like, oh, no, that's different. It's different. You know, you say dildos. It was two white guys. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. But it's just amazing. You gave them the out. Like you presented right. to them the logical argument. And we're like, like here's what you're wrong. Just say it now. And they're like, no. <laughs> Like hoes and ludicrous makes dirtier yeah. songs than us. Yeah. But well, we said we'd piss between ass cheeks. <laughs> so actually, Ludicrous has never said that. He's never said he's gonna piss between someone's ass cheeks. True. We are raunchy. <laughs> <laughs> Let's I mean you reclaimed the word slut. I mean, we can reclaim no. the word raunchy, right? Yeah. No. It's a great word, actually. It's fun to say. Ludicrous yeah. also never said he stretched out a urethra. Well, we did. We said we would do that. (laughs) (laughs) There's a story behind that lyric. There's absolutely not a story behind that lyric. (laughs) It's like, whoa. That was just, that just came out. Mm -hmm. And we kept it. It's hilarious. Yeah. I think we need more artists like you. You both of y'all identify as women. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we need more women artists who are out there reclaiming our bodies, reclaiming Aww. our space, reclaiming our ownership. Just like Jesus, men have been doing this for years. It's about time we start standing up and making our own music. Doing yeah. this to someone who looks up to both of you 
as leaders who have really reclaimed their body, reclaimed their space, do you have any advice of how to get there? I think my advice is to believe in yourself. <laughs> it's just so trite, but like, yeah, for real, at the end of the day, if you can just actually look at yourself in the mirror and say, yes, I believe, I believe that I can do this. Mm-hmm. Then you can. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's that easy. Yeah. And I would say surround yourself with people definitely who believe in themselves too and believe mm-hmm. in you. Like yeah. I feel like our, our friendship and us growing and getting to know each other and explore it, like talking about everything, drugs, sex, you know, Comes really out. helped me. <laughs> blossom we've been oh friends God. for like 12 years but i was the devil in your life yeah well, yeah the devil inside you <laughs> i mean taylor i'd say the devil's been inside you too but yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like if you ended up a nun you'd probably be fucking all the other nuns for sure for sure i would have i would have left for sure yeah. yeah or just stayed and like perverted every nun that came in to contact with you hey that's a powerful change it from the inside yeah exactly. yeah how do we get in there yeah. good times um, yeah I mean you guys have a bond I'm sure you're speaking telepathically with one another mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> even in sober life we have our own language going on it's yeah. very confusing to people yeah. even our closest friends even our closest <laughs> friends how do you define your relationship Bays and, and bamies <laughs> Wait, what? what does this mean? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I say like life partner a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I say sister a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you have a very deep relationship and friendship. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting. People don't talk about like, how do you define these relationships? What words do we use to really honor what level of, you know, connection y'all have? Mm-hmm. Right. People yeah. People don't regard friendships as highly as uh, romantic relationships, but I think our friendship has taught me <laughs> oh I don't know okay oh, love. like more in about like partnership and companionship mm. and love than any yeah. relationship I've been in oh love. god yes definitely so, for me <laughs> yeah. well also like our relationships the only relationship in my life <laughs> that I care to work for like yeah. like we like choose each other every day (laughs) sounds like partners to me in whatever form it's just like it feels like saying friends doesn't capture it enough exactly because we said best friends for like 10 years and then (laughs) we needed something more (laughs) you're 20 you're 30 you're like damn that just doesn't hit anymore yeah Uh -uh. Yeah. Have you heard of the term relationship anarchy? Yeah. My, (laughs) someone I know is very, very, very much into that entire school of thought. And like, it sent me a bunch of graphs kind of explaining like just different, different kinds of relationships and defining what you need from certain partners. Yeah. And it's really blown my mind. Like it's all things I've thought of but I've never seen it like just so plainly put Mm. and it just makes me think like how dare we think that we can get every single thing we need from one person like what a funny crazy thought that's just like not based in reality Uh but being able to have the kind of language to describe what you want is just so helpful yeah for sure I mean we've seen it in COVID people cannot get 
everything yeah. they need just from yeah. one person. Yeah, yeah, I was one of those didn't make it out relationships. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's okay. I have time to do this podcast now. If I was in that yes. relationship, I probably would have never been doing this stuff. So <laughs> yeah. I'll survive, but this is new growth. <laughs> Hell yes. Surrounded by plants. For sure. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> uh, Tay, did you say you haven't heard this term? No, I haven't. Okay. So the concept with relationship anarchy is that you don't prioritize your romantic relationships over your platonic relationships. Mm-hmm. There isn't really this hierarchy between one that's more important than the other. It's truly just a fluid dynamic of whatever that relationship takes on. So if the relationship between you and Ashley is really strong, you might prioritize that more than a new sexual relationship you take because that's- just- Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly, I mean, I right? Like, like That's the way it is. <laughs> Exactly. I guess I'm a relationship anarchist. Yeah. I just love that there's finally words for that because I said that like, oh, I don't want to prioritize my romantic relationships over my friendships. Yeah. And now there's like a term for kind of how you, what people kind of prioritize that life and do that. Hell yeah. I love that. Right. Yeah. Okay. So one of the questions I ask everyone on the show is what is one thing that you wish other people understood was more normal? Crippling self-doubt. Mm. I think that when it happens, it feels so personal, like you're the only person that feels so, so terrible about yourself or your own confidence in that moment. Mm. And it's so isolating. It's Mm -hmm. like, oh, no, I'm supposed to be a bad bitch. What am I doing? Why am I having these emotions? And that makes it so much worse. But the more I can understand that other, when I'm going through massive periods of anxiety or depression or my favorite depression and anxiety, Mm. uh, (laughs) it's so comforting to know that like, okay, other people go through this. Like even people that are bad bitches have their off days. Mm -hmm. Even Lizzo has, has days where she doesn't feel like she's Lizzo. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's very, very comforting. And it's just, it can become such a, a cycle of thinking you're the only one in the world that feels Mm so unsure about yourself at moments or so uncomfortable with yourself. Right. Um, But I think it's very common. I think we all do that. Yeah. Did you watch the documentary with Aubrey Hepburn? No. Dude, it's nuts. Uh, Yeah. That woman was constantly anxious that she wasn't beautiful. That's wild. And they have audio of her just going over and over. Like, I didn't like my face. I didn't like this. I didn't like that. like, Like, that's an icon like yeah we're anxious their entire life I'm like damn I mean we're all yeah. in here just suffering alone thinking we're the only ones that are this insecure mm-hmm. yep. yeah <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> and it's like um everyone is like this personally I I try to show people my vulnerabilities and what I'm insecure about in my dialogue right like is there anything you do to kind of like show this to other people I think it comes down in our songs a lot, yeah. um, especially with stuff we're writing right now. And that's very cathartic for me. That's probably mm-hmm. the main place it comes out for me, um, other than just in my interpersonal relationships, like yeah. talking to people one-on-one. And if someone like opens up about what they're going through, I receive it. I And then I remind them like, yo, unfortunately, we're we're all like kind of feeling those things at sometimes like you're mm-hmm. not alone and you're not a freak for feeling like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if it's helpful for other people, but when people say shit like that to me, I'm like, thank God. Yeah. <laughs> like, it reminds me like, oh, like your feelings are valid. And also like, it's very normal. I'm like, yeah. oh, thank God. Like <laughs> I felt like an alien and now I feel like a person. 
Certainly. And that's so big too, because frequently when your friends come to you asking, you know, I have this thing going on, I'm so stressed. It's always like, oh, how do I help them? How do I help them? But really it can be as simple as I hear you. And that's a normal thing. Like I've gone yeah. to too. I know people who have, you don't always have to have the answer for them. Right. Oh, that's another thing about men. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. come up with a solution. Yeah. Only, I'm trying to just tell you about my day. I know. I know. I know. I get frustrated. I'm like, how do we change them? And I, yeah, yeah. They need to start talking to themselves and start talking to themselves and getting better. So, not my fight. A therapist that's very well paid. Mm -hmm. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Not me, please, but anyone else. Anyone else. (laughs) Taylor, do you have one that you'd like to include as well? You know, we're very sex positive. But I think it's also important to remember that not wanting sex is normal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that even the people that are horny as fuck, most of the time go through periods or go through days or nights where they don't want to have sex. 100%. And I feel like it's so not talked about ever. And it's mm-hmm. so like, I don't know. I don't know if we're having enough sex and da 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 Like sometimes you don't want to have sex. And right. that is a-okay. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's okay. Everyone has different sex drives. Everyone has different intensities. It's just, mm-hmm. I don't know where we got the message that we have to be having sex every day. Capitalism? Like, <laughs> probably. probably. <laughs> oh, I don't know where this happened, but it's hard. Like, I'm trying to stop it. But I think, yeah, you even just bringing it up and being open about it. Maybe that's the first time someone hears this vocalized through a voice, another mm-hmm. human time to just hear it. And that's powerful yeah. in itself. Yeah. And I think it's really important to hear now when we're, when shockingly enough, we are not the only people talking about sex and songs, like mm-hmm. sex and music, especially pop music and hip hop is so pre- prevalent right now. Yeah. And so, and it's lovely and beautiful and I love it. Megan Thee Stallion all day. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. We can all be sluts and blah, blah, blah. But you, you don't have to, you can just do what you want. Yeah. Like, yeah. You can also just, I think that's like a slut and not have sex. Um, yeah, 100%. Exactly. And then once you do realize that, then you can live up to whatever you want, which is a really beautiful exactly. thing. Exactly. And, yeah. yep. and you can change yourself. your mind every day. <laughs> Literally every day and not feel crazy about it. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, this has been a really great conversation and yeah. it's been so yeah. fun to have both so of you on the show. So where do you want to plug people to find your stuff? A website, Instagram? You can find us on Instagram, Spotify, Bandcamp, Apple Music, Tidal, Amazon <laughs> yes. Music. You can watch our videos on YouTube, yeah. Vimeo. You can watch our videos on our website, glittermoneywith3ys.com. And you can message us. Thank you. How many times have you had to say that? Oh my God, so many times. Yeah, I was like, that has been recorded. (laughs) Yeah. Most of the time we just say, you can find our shit everywhere. Uh Yeah, just use the computer. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe I'll just start saying that now at the end of every every podcast. If you want to find them, Google them. (laughs) Yeah. hilarious yeah we're on all the things and we have a lot of new music planned for this year it's gonna be oh, amazing. So exciting well I can't Must. wait I can't wait to yeah. hear it yeah. very exciting thank you yeah this is so fun yeah, thanks for if you enjoyed today's conversation then subscribe for new episodes released every Wednesday and follow us on Instagram at modern anarchy podcast 
where we open up a dialogue about all of these topics. Otherwise, I'll see you next week. And a special thanks to one of my favorite artists, Your Smith, for the intro and outro song to this show.